0: Football on Off The Ball With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports Now you're welcome back Football show as ever brought to you by Sky You can watch Man City take on Leipzig in the Champions League Tomorrow night live on BT Sport Very happy to say Pat Nevin is with us Good evening
1: Good evening Joe, how are you doing?
0: I'm very well Believe it or not I was intending to talk to you about the football from the weekend, because we've just had Simon Cooper on, who's written a great book, by the way, uh, uh, Chums, about how a cast of Oxford students have uh, taken over uh, British politics and UK power. And we're talking about Tories and BBC and the whole situation. And I thought, well, that's enough of that. Irish people, you know, can't be expected to listen to it all night. And then I see uh, Pat Nevin Defend's decision, the big headline, Pat Nevin Defend's decision to go on BBC on Sunday. Now, I thought it was interesting. I, I wouldn't think Pat Nevin is a fan of, you know, uh, let's build a wave machine and send those dinghies back across the channel. That wouldn't be up your uh, political street, I would have thought. So, so talk to us. The, the decision to go on, was it Five Live, Pat, on Sunday?
1: I've not, I've not read that headline. Where was that headline?
0: Uh, it was in the mail. Nevin defends decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: By the way, the mail will be listening to this because they quite often take stuff from this. And use it. it. Got me in trouble a few times. Okay. Um, well, the, so the, I don't yeah, know. If, I, don't, I
0: don't know if it worries you or not. But the male uh, comment section uh, types fully supported of you to stick it to those uh, uh, li- liberal uh, wokey types. So you had the support of the male comment it, it section. It
1: clearly, it clearly didn't hear what I said. Then. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So talk to us.
1: <laughs> That's right um, Sorry, happens, I, I, you, you froze at the perfect.
0: Garilenica. You you froze, at uh, it was it was like a conspiracy. You froze at the perfect moment there. I'll say again,
1: talk to us. Um, well, strangely, um, I mean, everyone knows what the story was. Uh, you know, Garalnik was told to stand back, I believe, and um, then uh, from no one talked to anyone. Just people stopped saying they were going on. Um, at this point in time, I don't do Twitter or anything like that. I've only got very few outlets to talk to people, and my only outlets are you know, on radio and particularly on Five Live, who I work for and yourselves as well. And I thought it was very important to make a number of points. Uh, so the only option I've got is to go on and talk. Now, and this is about free speech, this discussion. <laughs> I think the idea of speaking is a good idea. And so the next time I was supposed to be on was for this um, this game for Newcastle against Wales. So I said to the BBC, yeah, I'll go on if you want. But I get to say what I want to say at the start of the show, uh, particularly about the Gary Lineker situation, where we are just now, and what some of the dangers are. Um, And give them a due, they went, yeah, all right. (laughs) I thought we should be pretty good, seeing as they're very worried about the politics that are going on just now. Um, And I I said a number of things that I wanted to say, and I've continued to say them, and various other things, because I think it is important to speak. Um, The most important thing was, they needed to talk because it was very, very close to spiraling out of control. And if it spiraled out of control, there was a danger for the BBC. And I think there was an existential danger for the BBC, because um, when you have an argument and in the end of it, I know, I know, I'm on, I know the channel I'm on just now, but talk to me about RTE Is it state-sponsored. Yes. Yeah. Are they allowed to be impartial? Uh, do they have to be impartial? Uh, they, do. Sp- yeah, they do,
0: yeah, they do, they do, they do. It'd be very similar lines, yeah.
1: Exactly, very similar lines. So people in Ireland understand that's the BBC line. If you then say and have an argument, be it you or Gary Lineker saying things that are supposedly beyond impartiality, wherever it's said, or you're somebody else who comes and says something on the other side, such as, you know, throw, bomb those boats, what well, either side you're on You're not being impartial. You're having your point of view. That was what people would say. So the argument then is, do we have to be completely impartial all times, on and off? So I wanted to make sure that people knew that we don't know where we stand. We are in an impossible situation. The rules that govern uh, the BBC are are vague and they must be clarified. So I made a, a pained plea, trying not to sound angry about it, that this has to be sorted out and why put, okay, Gary's getting through it. Yeah, but every single reporter that I met, every single local guy, guys that are on 15 grand a year, you know, for their job and maybe less because they're part-time, they're the ones that are breaching their contracts. Now, I'm a union man. I know the danger of that. And I know that right now there are massive cuts in local radios, etc., over there. I stand by the little guys that are in trouble and they were frightened to death, and it was imperative that if when we have these actions, and it would be better if we had a discussion first, but when we have these actions, that we make sure we do them collectively and talk about it first. So it was important to do that, and I was important to make the comment. I wanted to make it very, very clear that I thought there was one particular danger above all. And the, the danger above all is the fact that um, there are people, and I need to watch myself because it'll be used, because I'm not supposed to talk politically as you probably know, um, there are people who want rid of the license fee in Britain, right? Mm. They generally come from one side of the divide, mm. one party. Mm. And I absolutely and utterly was convinced and hinted at it, more than hinted at it, in my little mono, uh, monologue, that this is existential for the BBC. If you, if this fight escalates and people demand to be able to say all they want, and that's fine, you get to see, you get to a freedom of speech and that's great. yee rah, we won. There's no BBC, mm. because that's why you're there, mm. because you're impartial. So it became existential. So that ended to, as usual, you know me, I'm thinking four steps ahead, right? I'm thinking where well, this is going. And I'm thinking, I'm scared, I'm scared not the right word, well, I'm angry and worried about that. Yeah. Today on the 6 p.m. news, just over 24 hours after I said that, an MP came on and said, you need to question the license fee. Because of lack of impartiality. Less than a day, Less than a day. So, so exactly what I thought yes. and why I wanted to warn about was done. Um, I, so that I, was why I went on because I, I felt I really had to make that point.
0: Yes, interesting. So uh, whatever you think about uh, Lindiker's politics, and I suspect you agreed with his sentiment, are you? Totally.
1: Are you? <laughs> uh, are you? Not not the exact one thing. Shall we say that right? But. Yeah, we stand in the same hell yes. together. Yeah. So
0: are you, are you disappointed with him tweeting? Do you think he was reckless in his use of Twitter?
1: No, I, I think he pushes the boundaries. He nudges the boundaries. And if he wants to do that, I I'm, I'm, i don't do Twitter. I, I The phrase is, I don't engage in Twitter. I've used it. I don't engage in it. Hmm. Um, I don't think it's a good... Personally, if you ask me, I don't think it's a good place to, place to have a nuanced dis- discussion because you don't get depth. You get You get... You get binary arguments, you know, you you get people shouting, you know, vicious things at you. I know, it happened to me. It probably happened to me today. I've not looked, but it probably has. Not that I care. I care about the other people that were alongside me that were working around and they were very, very hurt with some of the things that they feared and then were said about them. I care about them Mm. and I care about the fact that they were unfairly treated in that situation. But for Gary, you know, if he wants to push the limits and push the boundaries, then that's it. But when, and this is the big part, we're going to have dialogue now. It's been agreed. Yes, it's been kicked down the road a bit. And we know that's part of what's happened, just to calm things down a bit. But there's going to be, hopefully, dialogue consultation. There's going to be reports done. There's going to be external people, hopefully not governmental, who will come in and look at where the guidelines have to be clarified. At that point in time, very specific I know I sound like a lawyer here, but at that point in time, we and that's with me and Gary Lineker, we he probably earns sixty times what I earn but <laughs> the B V C but we're in a similar position the fact that we are you know we are not staff members. We then have to make a decision. Can we work under those rules? Do we work, want to work under these rules when we know exactly what the rules are? And that's where I Really want us to get to, and it's, it really isn't a personal thing because it's not really that big a deal for me personally. It doesn't massively affect me personally. I've, you, you dump me tomorrow, you dump me tomorrow. I mean, yeah. I'm not getting you know what, I'm not getting <laughs> millions of pounds out of it. I'll survive. Um, but for others who have actually found difficulty, and some reporters have had to apologise for what seemed like small infra infractions but I've had to apologise for it. We need to clarify it and we need to get into Yes,
0: well, I, so there are the rules, first of all, and then, as has been pointed out, right across the weekend, there are countless examples which suggest uh, inconsistent enforcement of the rules, and that's a whole other area for the BBC to get on top of very, very quickly.
1: Yeah. But to, um, to the, one, the question I was going to ask, I was, talk, I was talking to somebody outside the Grand Newcastle, and they were asking about it. And I said, Would you have, you know, walked out? And um, in, in principle, I won't say Gary. And he went, Yes, went, good. If uh, Somebody else come along and said, um, I think President Putin is a brilliant guy. Uh, and the Ukrainians are all fascists. So Would you have walked out there if they'd have told you to stand down? I went, no. Why not? It's freedom of speech? Yeah. Is that not? The, is that not what we're talking about? Yeah. And he said, Well, no, it's not, it's, it's, it's about what you say. I say, so you decide then. So it's up to you then, what is allowed and what isn't allowed. And that is the fear you've got the BBC. I know where I stand, people who know me we know. I mean, it's sure. damned obvious where I stand. Sure. Um, but I'm also very, very wary. And I'm not trying to stop people being able to talk and people who have opinions, never do. I mean, I'm very much of a person whose favor of freedom of speech is alone doesn't hurt and um, massively offend people. Um, but if you then take that away for the BBC you don't have, there's no point in the BBC after that, if you take that away mm. so you need to find where the line should be drawn and RTE or whatever, because wherever we think of these we need, you know, we need them but they're there and everything else surrounds it, but if you're Sky or you know ITV or something over here and BBC are getting all this money for a license fee and then they're doing exactly the same job with you, nothing's different, you're going excuse me Mm. why are you getting all this money Mm. so and that's why the BBC has to be different and that's why this dichotomy of where you know freedom of speech versus impartiality you have to find it by the way good luck finding it well indeed (laughs) For me, it's difficult because
0: if Chelsea aren't playing well or they need something to get someone to get them out of it, I don't think they have it. So I think they're in a difficult place. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. So uh, it's uh, frustratingly, we have about eight minutes here to cover the entire weekend's football. see my, my was so sh- short. <laughs> That was terrible. I, 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 I was surprised how hard it was just to stay with it and, and keep concentrating and, and digest everything. I mean, near impossible. So, headline news. After heart-stopping last-minute winners against Bournemouth, Arsenal have much-needed game-over-by-half-time win against Fulham. Man City go late against Crystal Palace and Haaland scores the penalty. Uh, Manchester United slip up, you'd have to say, but it's not going to massively endanger their chances of top four and I guess you could argue beating betis draw with Southampton without Casemiro it means that whatever crisis happened at Anfield last week is not uh, deepening and then of course Liverpool wouldn't you know it after last week they do their thing against Bournemouth so that's a bit of a synopsis as Graham Potter continues to win but you talk too much about Chelsea and I only have eight minutes
1: um, <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to go into too much about Chelsea, um, apart from the fact that yeah they did incredibly well and their goals were beautiful and uh, they went to a back just, three as they, he said. It, yeah, I mean, obviously I, that was clearly the, the thing to do and he's done it and it looks much much better. It's about creativity, about a team. It's not just about that. It's about confidence and with that confidence, people are trying things. I mean seriously, uh, anyone who saw the goals, right? They were all very good goals. Yeah. But from that angle, does Chelwell usually shoot from there? No unless he's playing with confidence, does Enzo does does that scoop <laughs> with all that comfort and confidence when he's not feeling exactly that way. And of course, the goal that Kovacic scored was you know, mm-hmm. a beautiful thing to watch. Actually, I really offended my wife during uh, watching the game because the scoop uh, over the top for Havertz I said, that's so good, it reminds me of me. I
0: know, it, it, no, to, be, to be fair, to be fair, there, there was a hint of Nevin off it. Uh, <laughs> what, what caught your eye elsewhere, though, of, of those bigger other stories I mentioned?
1: I mean, I'm obviously slightly biased in the fact that I wanted to see Everton get some sort of result, and they got a result, so everything at the bottom is becoming really intense and really interesting. I, I'm quite surprised that, I mean, the, 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 this, this story is, there is only the story, it's Arsenal, that is this story. Yeah. They're not falling. It looks as if they've had their blip, because the blip. They, yes, they had. They dropped some points, but when they were having the blip, they somehow got those last-minute goals. They could. You think of those last-minute goals they got. They got in those games, and they could be level with Manchester City just now. But somehow they got it. And then I watched the first half um, of the game, which is probably the best half to watch, since yeah. all the goals were scored then. And they were unstoppable. They were brilliant to watch. The Again, the confidence was growing, but they—they they absolutely know each other. They know that they're a team that's a capable of winning, but capable of keeping on winning. Um, and maybe this week, after watching that first half, I didn't—it wasn't able to see the second half. I had to go and prep for the game, yeah, uh, the Newcastle game. But um, no, I'm beginning to waver. I, I'm I'm, I'm beginning to waver. <laughs>
0: and, and Trossard, uh, you know, new signing settling three assists is no small feat because uh, we will at the end of the season if Arsenal do this we will point to the Bournemouth game and certain other games and say they were at the moments I presume you, you've been there and been involved in, in title run-ins I suppose uh, the importance of having a game done by half time and, and what it does for your legs and, and mentally to, to kind of put your feet up I presume that is very very significant
1: Unfortunately the teams that I was close with and it, maybe only once and it was in the, the division below uh, when we when the division below uh that was just stressful all the way to the end and it wasn't goal difference that we actually managed to win the championship but um when the other teams we did it we never got that and that's why we imploded right that's why we got chelsea we were absolutely in the hunt in, in two occasions and we'd come from nowhere we would come from the division below and then find ourselves in march and we're in the running to win we win our games in hand without a few injuries injuries and a few games called off and what we would have done for 90 minutes, where we weren't stressed, we weren't pushing every sinew, we weren't going of tackles where players, important players, got injured, um, we would have done anything for that. That that win and fill off the gas and everything's easy. See when they watched the Man United versus Liverpool game the other week, there did did Liverpool look tired when they walked off? Mm. No, he <laughs> cruised off and Man Utd sludged off, and physically and mentally wrecked. And that's what happens. So if you can get, and that's what made me look at that little, that period that Arsenal had. Were they able to sustain it and keep on going when they, need to, they needed to push every single, you need to stretch everything, you need to take every single chance at the end of every single game. And they just about did. Yeah. And they got through it. And now, I, I honestly, the game against the film shouldn't be a walk in the park. But they'd have walked off at the af- after the end of that game, the vast majority of those players, and just thought, yeah, that's cool. That was like a training session. Mm. And it is, you, can't, you can't imagine how much that's worth. It's fantastic. Yeah, And of course, you look at their bench, and they've got striker ready again, which kind of helps as well. So getting an extra player who you know is a great player, who knows your system and is your, and a, your main goal scorer, and you're flying it anyway, and he's ready to walk back in and if he walks back in with the right attitude which i have a great suspicion he will it's it's an absolute joy they're in a, an amazing position at the moment can't see any problems at the back can't see one player where if he gets injured oh my god can't see that there's no dinner they've got enough all the way through the team that if someone gets injured or someone has to you know get suspended for a game or two no nah, it doesn't matter they, they've got plenty of good cover.
0: Yeah, so interesting. Uh, We're out of time. Let's talk in more depth uh, next week, if we can. Pleasure. Cheers. Pat and Evan uh, with us on Monday evening, as usual. Our football show coverage brought to you by Skywatch. I was about to say Monday Night Football. (laughs) Uh, Our football show coverage is brought to you by Skywatch. Man City take on Leipzig in the Champions League tomorrow night live on BT Sports. We'll be all over the Champions League tomorrow. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch every UEFA Champions League and Europa League match live on BT Sport
1: this season This is News Talk